Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, Peyton. It's so good to be with you today. I am sure glad to be sitting across the table from you today. I, I love sitting across this table with Andrew. But I'm really enjoying our time together this summer, and I'm learning a lot from you. I hope you feel the same way about us, and I'm excited about our conversations about James. Me too. Now, before we kick that off, I am wearing my Wednesday socks in traditional Andrew fashion. You are wearing Wednesday socks. I am. I didn't even think to ask about that. I thought (laughs) Andrew was the only one who had Wednesday socks. Turns out I'm cool too. You are all so cool, so I am just left out in the cold. You're cool. I'm left out in the cold. Andrew's going to love to hear that you have Wednesday socks. Well, then let's just jump in here as you're wearing your Wednesday socks. Let's talk about our Wednesday discussion from James. I'm going to start in James chapter 1 and verse 12, read through verse 18 in the English Standard Version. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Yeah, so when James kicks this off, we talked about yesterday about this sort of worldly perspective in which, you know, we're receiving trials, but we should be counting it joy. We should be esteeming it as something good, not that it is good in and of itself, but it is given given by God. And it's correcting our perspective here when we may be tempted to think that, hey, God's giving us all these things to tempt us. God's Mm -hmm. giving us all these things so that we will fall. He's actually giving these things for our good. Mm -hmm. And so it gets into this next section, verses 16 through 18, actually tells us every good and every perfect gift is from above Mm -hmm. and actually describes this person, this God, as the father of lights. You know, that's a really interesting image, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think about light as an incredible gift. If you spend any time in actual true darkness, which actually in our modern day, we don't spend a lot of time in actual true darkness. There's light everywhere. So much of the electric light that just fills the... It's just everywhere. And so... We miss out on a lot of the true fear in the darkness, a lot of the the danger, and yet, if you spend some time there, you realize what an amazing gift light really is. Sometimes even just a little bit of light as it shines on the path, as it shows where the potholes are, as it shows where the ledges are, as it shows where the, the, the enemies and the dangers are. God is the father of light. He is the one that exposes enemies. He is the one that exposes sins. He is the one that exposes dangers. What a, what an amazing gift light is. And he is the father of light. Yeah, I think that's a cool image. And this actually, <laughs> even though this isn't very true in our modern day, is, as much as maybe they would have felt it, I still remember when I was a kid, actually. 
You still are a kid. <laughs> you mean you mean even younger? When, when I was younger, <laughs> like two years ago, when I was still afraid of the dark. <laughs> no, but I remember growing up, and I'm I was I was afraid of the dark for the longest time, and maybe I kind of still am. <laughs> but uh, I was always afraid of the dark. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I if I was gonna sleep in my bedroom, there's got to be a nightlight. There's mm-hmm. got to be something that's producing light. And you know, I'm I'm thinking on that now. And, Let's say I got up in the middle of the night, it's dark, and I'm kind of scared, and I just flipped on the light switch. You know, what, what if I said, well, I'm, I'm just so thankful for this light switch. Thank you, light switch, for producing all this light. Mm. That, that'd be silly. I mean, that'd be stupid, right? It's, it's funny because sometimes we approach God that way. We, we don't realize, but we may go to the, each of these individual lights in our life, things that are kind of helping us through whatever we're going through, and we thank the thing itself. But then we forget, hey, God is actually the father of lights. Oh. God's the one that's the source of these lights. God's the one that's the source of these gifts. Mm-hmm. Could you bust that open a little bit more for us? Well, it's very easy to get fixated upon the blessings rather than viewing the blessings as part of the relationship with the blessing giver. Uh-huh. When we use God as a means to an end, and sadly, that is very often what we do. I want God, not because I want God, but because God is the giver of wealth, because God is the giver of health, because God is the giver of good relationships. I want the things that he gives more than I want him, rather than recognizing the gifts are a means to grow in our relationship with him. When I'm fixated on the gifts... One, if God diminishes the gifts or or if there's a gift that somebody else has received that I didn't get, rather than being satisfied, content, uh, ecstatic about having a relationship with God, I'm just upset that he's not doing the same thing for me that he's doing for you. A- again, that shows me using God. It's like I'm it's like I'm a gold digger. It's we, we all look at that. If you have someone who wants to marry someone, not because of love for that person, but because, well, that person's really rich and then I'll get to be really rich if I'm married to them. We would say that's that's terrible. That's awful. And yet too often we approach God in that exact same way. I want God because he gives the riches. I want God because he gives the blessings. I want rather than I want God because God is just amazing and I, viewing these gifts as as a means to grow grow closer to God. We get it backwards. Yeah, absolutely. And um there's actually a this sort of process happening in Ecclesiastes. Mm. The Ecclesiastes writer could be Solomon, could be someone else. But he's going through this process trying to find, hey, what's the meaning in life? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? What's my purpose? And he tries work. He tries to build these amazing gardens and do all these various things. So he tries work. He tries pleasure. He tries um, riches. He tries wisdom. Things that we would consider good gifts, good things to count joy in. Um, he says that um, a wife has been given as from the Lord. Work has been given as from the Lord. These are good gifts. But every time, this the, this writer would try to place his purpose in it. He would try to hold on to that without acknowledging, hey, I've got a higher purpose. It wasn't a gift anymore. And one of the things we do is we hold so tightly onto these things that God has given, and we've forgotten the, the gift giver, mm-hmm. just as you pointed out. And I, I think that really drains us of our purpose. It makes us forget. It almost turns these blessings that could be good gifts into curses. They're no longer good things. 
I think that happens. I even think we see that here in James, if we're paying attention. So he's the father of lights, but remember he had just talked about the sun Mm -hmm. that rises and withers the grass. The sun whose scorching heat will wither the wealthy in his pursuits. There's a real image that the same light that provides safety, that exposes sin and exposes enemies and exposes dangers and is a fantastic gift. If my desires are misaligned, if my pursuits are misaligned, it's that same light, that same heat that comes from the light that actually ends up now, instead of being a blessing, it burns. I, I think about in First Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 12, where Paul, or Paul, where David, First Chronicles, <laughs> not First Corinthians, in First Chronicles, where David is praying, and he highlights that when they give for the building of the temple, they're really only giving back what God had given them, because God is the one who makes wealthy. God is the one who makes healthy. God is the one who gives these things. Here we recognize that in James 1, this blessing that can come from God, some people do receive a blessing of financial benefit and financial wealth. But if their pursuit is to have more and more and more of the gift, then the light of God, the sun, as it rises and blesses so many people, it actually ends up burning and scorching them. It gets back to what we said yesterday about the difference between the, the trial. Will it be a temptation from Satan or will it be a test from God? Will it be something that is designed by Satan to make us fall or something designed by God to grow us and strengthen us? It's going to get back down to desire. What is it that I'm desiring? What is it that I'm pursuing? Here James says, for these wealthy, if they can't learn to rejoice in their humiliation when they're facing trials, then in the midst of their pursuits, as they're pursuing more and more and more wealth, more and more and more of the gift instead of more and more and more of the giver, they will perish in the midst of their pursuits. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic point. And I really like that idea of just acknowledging the giver, acknowledging who he is and not not forgetting that, hey, if I'm going to pursue all these things, it's not going to lead to any good. It's actually going to burn me up. Mm -hmm. It's going to burn me up in the end. That's that's what's going to be the result. Um, you know, back when I was a kid still, I know we're going back to this again. <laughs> yeah, so long ago. <laughs> yeah, right. So just years and years ago, right? A long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> um, but I grew up, and, you know, some years at Christmas, I got great gifts. You know, I got all the things I wanted. I got the toy race car I wanted. I got... Uh, the remote control um, helicopter, great mm. things. You know, these are the things I wanted. But then my parents would give me that ugly sweater. <laughs> you know, that was always the tank for Christmas. Oh, Christmas is great until now. And then there's that, right? <laughs> but I realized there's something still there. Um, maybe I didn't love that gift as much. But I know my parents love me. Mm -hmm. I know my parents care for me. It was never like, oh, my parents must not love me if they don't give me all the things I want. Well, it's the same with God. You know, even though God gives us gifts that we don't fully understand, and maybe my parents would just give me clothes sometime, and I didn't really want clothes, but I probably needed them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God gives us things we don't really want, but we probably need them. He's, he's just told us he's giving these things and that they're good and that they produce steadfastness, these trials. They don't look good all the time, and we don't always want them. But again, that goes back to our desire. What do we? What are we desiring? Are we desiring this relationship with God, this relationship with my parents here, mm -hmm. right? What are we desiring? 
Tie this together with what Paul wrote to Timothy there in 1 Timothy chapter 6, as he talked about the blessings that come from God, the financial blessings, and he says, look, with food and clothing, we'll be content. And I have to look at myself and ask, would I be content? Because I have way more than food and clothing. <laughs> I have a house. I have cars. I have a phone. I have I have a computer. I, I have not just enough clothes. I've got a closet full of clothes. I've got five or six pairs of shoes. Who really needs five or six pairs of shoes? I have way more than food and clothing. Paul goes on to tell Timothy that those who desire to be rich... They fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires, which plunge people into ruin and destruction. He goes on, and I think even a reference back to uh, Judas, as he says that those who, um, it's the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and through that craving, some have swerved from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Here again is that issue. God gives us these gifts, and when we use them as a means to build our relationship with Him, a means to serve Him and serve others, it's it's a wonderful gift. But when I let the gift become the master, then I pierce myself with pangs. Then I am burned up in the midst of my pursuits. The real question at the end of all of this is, what am I pursuing? And James is driving that home. I, if I'm pursuing God then God's gifts becomes a mean, become a means to grow my relationship with him. If I'm pursuing the gifts, then the gifts themselves become a wedge between God and me. Yeah, and I think even if you're looking just at the gifts, someone is always going to have some gift you don't have. Mm-hmm. And it will always look like that. And if we begin to value the relationship between us and the giver more than the gifts themselves— Hey, in the end, we're all going to receive the crown of life. That's what it's really about. And that's the gift we're hoping for. That's the gift we're hoping for. I will tell you, it amazes me here in James that he does say, even with that gift, that that gift is given to the one who loves God, not to the one who loves the crown of life. Even (laughs) then, it's about loving God. And so let's wrap up here with a prayer. Holy God, we love you. We don't love you as much as we want to, as much as we need to. So we ask for your strength. We ask for you to grow us even though we know that's going to mean trials of various kinds. And so please grow our steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full work in us that we may be complete, perfect, mature, lacking nothing. Lord, we look to you in faith because we know that your gifts are good. And through the greatest gift you've given us, Jesus Christ, we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.